0: Hi, my name is Molly Schulte-Tucker, and I have the privilege of pastoring the good people of Ridgewood Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome to the season of Epiphany the time between the 12 days of Christmas and the beginning of Lent, which takes us to Easter Sunday. In this time period in January and February, we learn about the ministry of Jesus and the light that he brings into the world. At Ridgewood, we are in a worship series called The Stories of Jesus, named in part from the song called Tell Me the Stories of Jesus, a hymn that you may have grown up on or may be new to you. I shared my favorite story of Jesus on Sunday, January 14th. But then I need your help. Between when you are hearing this and February 11th of 2024, tell me your favorite story of Jesus. Tell me why is it your favorite? What challenges you? Where do you see yourself? How does it give you hope? How does it give you pause? I'd love to hear from you either on our Facebook page through Facebook Messenger, which is facebook.com slash Ridgewood Baptist Church, or by email, my email is molly, M-O-L-L-Y at ridgewoodlouisville.org, or on a Sunday morning before or after worship. What story of Jesus have you written on your heart? that literature. Shakespeare! Romeo and Juliet! In Juliet's monologue in Act 2 of Romeo and Juliet, what's in a name as she is trying to figure out how to love Romeo? Because we know there was a strong division between two names. Who were they? Do you remember? This is like trivia night except in my sermon. Montagues and the Capulets, what's in a name? She just wants to marry Romeo. But they can't be together, so she asks, what's in a name? Well, no offense to Juliet, because I love a strong female lead, but according to studies of onomastics, which is the study of proper names, which is a study within the field of linguistics, which is then divided into the naming of people, which is anthroponyms, and places, which is toponyms. An onomistician is a person who studies the origins and distributions and variations of names. So again, there's a lot. In that name. The study of names, how we name things, why we name things, what we name things, have for centuries thrown light on how we communicate with each other and how we study how other humans have communicated with each other and about each other for centuries, or even longer, going back millennia. According to Dr. Richard Nordquist, who is an English and rhetoric professor at Georgia Southern University, names tell us a lot about culture and communication. So, again, what's in a name? Well, there's there's kind of a lot. I'll start with me, because. I have a microphone right now. My name is Molly Ann Sholta Tucker. Molly is the Irish form of Mary, which is a name that is found in my family. My maternal grandmother, my mima, was Mary Rebecca. So, And my parents are in here, so now I feel like I'm like, I hope I get this right. Molly being the Irish form of Mary I would like to think I was named after the Little Richard song or Molly Marshall, but um, that my parents have told me that that was not true. Anne is found in my family. It was my mom's middle name. Schulte, my parents' last name still, my brother's last name and their spouse's last name, is kind of in the sandwich of my name now. We believe that it could have one time been Schultze, which might have actually at one time been Schultze, which might have at some point dropped off to Schultz, nonetheless very German, right? (laughs) And Tucker, my last last name, I actually had a lot of trouble taking on Tucker when I got married. I didn't know if I was actually going to uh, take on Rob's name, Rob's last name, but Um, What pushed me over the edge is that my entire life, we have gotten mail to our home. Do you know how many ways you can spell the word Shulta? Did you know that sometimes there's a G in it? I know, it must be silent, right? Sometimes a Z towards the end? You never know. So what pushed me over the edge was I could say my name is Molly Tucker, and you know how to spell both those words right off the bat, right? So, there's actually a lot to a name. So, I, I want to hear about your name a little bit, okay? I want you to take two minutes. Scooch next to someone that you're not related to. You can keep the people you're related to as well. But, but scooch, scooch, scooch. And I want you to exchange information about either your first or your middle or your last name, how you got it, where it came from. Ready? Go. I'll, I'll time you. You have two minutes. So, judging by your conversations, judging by your conversations, there is a lot in a name. Or we just don't know, who, can I just by a show of hands, who has no idea why you're named what you're named? (laughs) There's a few. Stay strong. I will also share uh, I didn't know if I was going to share this or not. Uh, so my last name, Tucker, uh, is from my uh, my husband's um, paternal grandmother. And you're like, no, paternal grandfather. No. Paternal grandmother who uh, lost her husband due to violence some long time ago, in the early 1900s, or mid-1900s, I should say. Um, and she decided to change her name to Tucker be- because her name— Her name uh, was originally Ogleschlager. (laughs) So if you go around to any of your friends and you're like, yeah, my pastor, Molly Schulte Tucker, and they're like, oh, Schulte is so complicated. You could be having to say Molly Schulte Ogleschlager. And (laughs) talk about God's grace, you know. (laughs) So names don't just happen, except to maybe a few people who raised their hands. They did just happen, sorry. They are important. They hold meaning, or sentiment, or laughter, or history, or silliness, or intention. Dr. Martina Gibka, who's an onomistician, remember they study names, who studied at the University of Gdańsk, Poland, Again, Grace, if that's not how I say it correctly. She actually created a diagram for naming, especially in fictional books. And I want to share that diagram with you because I think it's just fascinating. Here's all that goes into names, okay? So we're going to start. First, when, when someone is writing a novel, they are the author, right? They are creating this, uh, this world, this narrative in their head. And so they have probably formed—they have been formed, I should say—out of their context. Something that is going on in their world or their brain is causing the author to create a character. Now, not necessarily a character's name yet— right? But a character. So imagine Hermione from Harry Potter without being called Hermione, right? J.K. Rowling talks about how she knew her characters before she knew their names, all right? So there's this character forming because the author is forming it from their situation or context. Then, got to make sure I do this in the right order, Uh, then there is the namer of the character. Now, the namer might be the author which means um, they might, on that first page, give you the name of the character, right? This is Hermione or Harry Potter. Or it might be in relation to another character. It gets confused. That's why this is a study, okay? People have PhDs in it. I just have a whiteboard, okay? Then the author may also give you the name. So there's a lot of different ways, and the namer might give you the name of the character, right? There's a lot of different ways we might get the name of the character, right? But then what you also need to know is there's a context of whoever is naming the person. They have a context as well. I know it gets fun, right? This entire box right here is the fictional world. So there are things that are going out on outside of the fictional world, right? But there's a lot of naming things that are happening inside of the novel, inside of the fictional world. But then, wait a second, there's you. It gets to you, right? The name gets to the reader. And and That in the circle is called the model of naming a character. Wow, right? I know. Thank you, thank you. So again, oh, Juliet, what's in a name? Well, there's kind of a lot, right? (laughs) There is something so seemingly simple about sharing our name with one another, but really, there's so much. There are a lot of factors that come together when naming someone. Sometimes it's just you're outvoted. I remember sitting in the back seat when we had adopted a puppy when I was about six years old, and I told my brothers I think we should name this dog Cheese. I was outvoted, and we had a dog named Chelsea growing up. When Rob and I found out that we were expecting the next day, we had a two-hour drive to Western Kentucky for a wedding. We talked about a name, the two hours there, the two hours home. There's a lot of time talking about names because they're important. They cause us to bring experiences together, preferences, whether it's an object or a place or a person or a pet. We are putting a name onto someone that they will carry with them through life. I will take a moment to acknowledge, though, that we do have friends who are transgender who may choose that a name uh, represents their um, recently embraced or realized sexuality that better represents who they are. That name is still chosen with intention, right? There's still the same intentionality behind, if I'm going to change my name, I want to be careful and intentional about what I choose. A few weeks ago, I asked for you to share with me your favorite stories of Jesus. We're finishing out a series today called The Stories of Jesus. And I hope in the last few weeks, you've heard some that are familiar to you. Maybe you've heard them in new ways. Maybe it's caused you to see yourself in the story, I hope. So I got calls and texts and emails and I had conversations that week. Here is what one email read. I want to share it with you. Well, first, my second favorite, this person gave a lot of options, my second favorite story of Jesus is Jesus' own resurrection when Mary mistakes him for the gardener and recognizes him when he calls her by name. This person said, I just teared up a little bit just describing it to you. Wow. Wow. There is something in a name. It draws out our emotion and our identity. There are days where I wish I could hear someone say my name who has passed on. There are days where I hear about 20 different voices screaming, Pastor Molly, from the playground, and I have to wave at every single one before I get in my car. But Jesus, the Son of God, who was fully divine and fully human, who was named uses mary's real name the way he says mary's name and his accent and his drawl (laughs) to reveal to her who he is and what god has done jesus could have appeared as his recognizable self With a name tag, maybe. He could have given any other signal, but instead he used Mary's name. Just by saying her name, Mary recognizes who he is and knows the full story that Jesus has conquered death simply because he says her name. The stories of Jesus show us how God desires to connect with each and every one of us by name. This is the good news. God knows your name. God knows your stories. The stories of Jesus are not just stories of old. They are stories about how God interacted with people like you and like me. People who had stories and and histories and identities People who felt tired, people who were people pleasers, people who felt untethered at a moment of life, people who were scared of causing disappointment or embarrassment or ridicule, people who had raw, rough emotion, who had trouble fitting in, people who felt less than valued, people whose physical bodies felt like hindrances to religion, but no such barrier for Jesus people who had trouble trusting that God would do great things, people whose family had disowned them or abandoned them, found belonging with someone who looked at them and called them by name. Dale Carnegie, who is the author of How to Win Friends and Influence People, says this, the most beautiful sound anyone can hear is the sound of their own name. What's in a name? A lot. <laughs> but namely, pun intended, it means that you are seen. It means that you're known. It means that you're valued. And even through our names, through knowing each other's name, through calling each other by name, We are enacting that beautiful thing of knowing the love of God in the world. So friends, you actually have another line in today's story. You you introverts are about to hate me, okay, again. Before we come to the table of communion, I'm going to ask that we introduce ourselves to one another. Kind of pseudo-passing of the piece, and this is your chance if you have forgotten someone's name, this is your free pass, all right? So I'm going to ask that we stand and that we introduce ourselves to one another. So I'll say, hi, I'm Molly, and Hollis will say, hi, I'm Hollis. And then I'm going to say one of these three phrases, and you can switch it up as much as you want. I'm going to say, you are seen. Or I'll say, hi, I'm Molly. Hi, I'm Rosalind. You are loved, okay? Sound good? You can choose any of these three. There's no rules. I mean, there's kind of rules. You have to pick one of these three, okay? I'm going to invite you to stand up, meet one another again, say your name, hear their name, and say this to them. We'll gather back in a few minutes.